25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them out the hole. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. Left left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Yo, let's do it, man. Friday, hour number two, weekend right around the corner. Welcome into the show in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, say it with me. Go! With the home team, they are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance. Hometown heroes, local agents that you get to know personally can deal with one-on-one. You're a local insurance agent. And in all 82 counties across the state of Mississippi, find out who they are. See their picture, get the email, the phone number, get in touch at favrates.com. And here on the show, we also stay connected to you around the clock because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire, customer inspired. It's a great Mississippi company. They really support athletics at all levels in the state of Mississippi, right on up through high school and the colleges, of course. And you got the uh, C Spire Howell and Gillum trophies that are going to be given out pretty soon to the state's best college basketball players, men and women. And uh, voting right now, fan voting taking place. I think it goes on for a little while. So go to cspire.com and click those links and find out how you can vote. Cool? Cool. All right. Also, be a part of the show. Love to hear from you today. Lots of ways for you to do it. Call me on the Divinity phone or text me on the Country Please and text line. Here's how you'll call 995-1059. It's a 601 number. 995-1059. That's the Divinity phone, Divinity Equipment, Highway 51 in Madison, Spring Ridge Road in Jackson. Shoot me a text on the Country Please and text line at 885-ESPN. 885-ESPN, spell it out, or if you need the number, 885-3776-601 number as well. Feel free to text away. I always enjoy hearing from you. Jason in Flagstaff said, wait, who gets mad at Don't Stop Believing? Man, whenever I get homesick, I have that joint echoing of Off the Mountains, Up and Down, Route 66. That song is playing. Yeah, well, we're just having fun at his expense. So good old Jake, Jake Wimberly, host of the drive in the afternoons. He's not a big fan of Mississippi state fans uh, playing. Don't stop believing and waving their phones around in the stadium. He doesn't like it. I've never caught it. Some of y'all that list get to hear Jake's show every afternoon. I know many, 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 many people do. Um, has he ever offered a solution, an alternative? And if so, what is that? I'd like to know. <laughs> you hear me, Jake? It's one thing to complain, but we need solutions. <laughs> Good old Jake. You got baseball going on around the state. Uh, Princeton is the opponent in town for Ole Miss this weekend, three-game series. This is the last non-conference series, uh, weekend series, before you get into conference play. 
So Princeton is in Oxford. Mississippi State is hosting Quinnipiac in a three-game series. They have one win on the year so far coming in Starkville this weekend. Uh, Southern Miss is hosting Arkansas Little Rock. And so there you go. That's at least who you're playing. And all those games, all those series will get started later today. And uh, we'll be able to recap those with you next week, hopefully. Then it's a busy weekend because it's not just baseball. You have the SEC Women's Tournament going on. Ole Miss has already been bounced out of there. But Mississippi State, who won the SEC Women's Tournament last year, trying to win it this year is a two-seed. South Carolina is the one. And uh, State has its first game up in South Carolina in Greenville today or later this afternoon against LSU. They played each other once before this year. It was uh, way back in January. State beat them by four points at Humphrey Coliseum. It was a close game. And LSU is a 20-game winner. They are 20-9 and on the year. So, you know, this is a competitive team. It shouldn't be a walk in the park for Mississippi State's team today. And that one is scheduled to tip off, I believe, at 5 o'clock Central Time, if I'm looking at that right. And so you've got that. And then you've also got men's basketball, the final regular season weekend, before getting into the SEC tournament next week. Um, And uh, State and Ole Miss, tomorrow, Humphrey Coliseum, or tomorrow evening, I think 5.30 first, uh, going to tip it off. And so there's a lot going on this weekend, a lot to keep an eye on. It's just as we sit here on a Friday, none of it's happened yet, okay? So uh, a lot of previewing going on. Thank goodness, Roger, for some hot coffee in my thermos from High Point Roasters in New Albany. Highpointroasters.com. Y'all can get yours there. Just go order it. Whatever you want. The whole bean, the already ground, the different flavors, you know, different origins. They've got it all right there on a really great website at highpointroasters.com. Order it. They will deliver it to you. Man, I'm having one of those things, Roger, where I wonder if I'm relapsing. You know, I basically had the flu last week. Yeah. And Feeling bad again? Yes. Hmm. You know, my wife got it. Yeah, stay on the meds. You know, you got to keep yeah. that. Uh, well, I jumped keep it off. decongested. I, I jumped stuff. off the uh, antibiotics with about three pills left in the bottle. It and, probably wouldn't do you any good anyway. Yeah, I know. And then this morning, just, you know, you have one of those situations where out of the blue, your nose starts running. <laughs> you better catch it. It was one of those things. Well, that's after laying down all night. Yeah. Now I'm starting to get stopped up and my throat's getting a little itchy. Dad gummit. Oh no. Mm. Maybe another one. Opportunistic. Well, do you think it's the big the coronavirus? Big, you think it's the big C? Yeah, have a hundred you have to have a hundred and three or above fever. Well, I don't have that. Yeah. That's the hallmark. Look at this. Part-time CenturyLink field employee who worked for the XFL Seattle Dragons game tests positive for COVID nineteen. Is it COVID? Do we COVID, say? Yeah, we uh, say COVID. I mean, nineteen is from the year. We're so lazy. We can't just type out coronavirus. Well, they they were, they were really upset. Everybody was calling it China virus. Yeah, that doesn't matter. That's where it came from. Okay. You know, Ozzy Osbourne was bemoaning, bemoaning the fact, you know, hey, I'm always going to be known as that guy who bit the head off the bat. 
Uh-huh. Same, said the guy in Wuhan. <laughs> it's always going to go back to them, isn't it? A part-time employee at Seattle CenturyLink Field who worked during the Seattle Dragons home game against the Dallas Renegades on February the 22nd. So we're talking about two weeks ago. Has tested positive for the coronavirus. King County health officials indicated that the risk of COVID-19 infection is low for the 22,000 fans who attended the game. Nothing to see here, they say. Well, I don't think I have it yet. I did see on the news yesterday, Roger, where somebody in Tennessee has it. Yeah? That's really close to home, man. I'm wondering, why is Washington State out there getting all these uh, yeah, cases? Right. Are you getting you getting the idea there's some folks coming in uh, through there? Mm-hmm. They're riding in on those... Uh, those big old crates like you see on TV when they open them up and there's a Roger hundred people in there. There is without question, no doubt in mind or any intelligent person's mind. People are just flowing into the United States via the coast of Washington State. Coming in on ships, sneaking in, all goes, kinds of stuff. And, you know, you'll find out where they're headed eventually. Mm-hmm. You'll be able to just draw lines. Yeah. So look, let's just be honest on this thing. This is what they talk it, about, you know, limiting immigration. This is one of the reasons. The disease. Yeah. It it simply is a matter of time before there is a coronavirus case in every state in America. It's mm-hmm. just a matter of time. That's all there is to it. Do you agree with that? Oh yeah, it all it's the way it always happens. Mm-hmm. There's so much traffic between you know, here in it, there's certain nodes like Atlanta, right? Nashville, yep. you know, yep. L.A., Chicago, over mm-hmm. there. Yep. Boston, the Baltimore, 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 Baltimore. I'm doing that thing. Baltimore. Now. Baltimore. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, you know, something I learned, I say recently, it would be within the last four to five years. And that just goes to show you how deep history can go. Someone like me who paid attention in school, who even after school, as an adult, I did a lot of, you know, reading history and studying history myself and stuff can just go undiscovered. But it did for me until my late 30s, early 40s now, when I realized that Maryland had regiments and units of soldiers fight for the Confederacy in the Civil War. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Maryland, yes. And do you know what clued me in on that? If you go to Vicksburg and you ride along that military road there, don't they call it Confederate Avenue, where it's the it's a paved road kind of running north and south on that ridge, the first ridge of those hills that, kind of surround the east side of Vicksburg, not the river side, but the the you know inland side. I think it's called Confederate Avenue. It just winds around, follows an old path that basically the Confederate Army cut as a road to set up the defenses around Vicksburg. It's that's what the road is. And so it's just covered in military you know 
commemorative plaques and monuments and busts and all up and down. It's kind of like you can just ride up and down that road and it's historical. Well, there one spot there where there was this marker back off the road up inside of a thicket of, if you want to call it that, of like bamboo shoots. It's all grown up, but it's a red marker. And I just walked up there and kind of got up in there to see what it said. And it was a Maryland artillery unit stationed right up on top of that little hill, shooting at the the Union Army across a mile across the way over there. Sure was, Maryland. Okay, there's our history lesson for today. Let's flip the switch and head on over here to the Divinity Equipment phone, Divinity Equipment in Madison and Jackson. Mountain Dog, who's listening in Winona today. What's up, Mountain Dog? You know... You know, Matt, you're just a renaissance man. I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm like yeah, Popeye. I hey, I'm just, to... I'm just like Popeye. <laughs> I am what I am. <laughs> I, got, I got a real scare this weekend with that coronavirus stuff. Yeah. I woke up Saturday, felt like crap, until I realized I just drank a bunch of Corona the night before and had a hangover. <laughs> that's, uh, that's coronavirus uh, version B. That's B, coronavirus. <laughs> That's different. Hey, man, I'm going to get serious. Uh, I'm, I'm hearing different things. K.J. Costello, is he still at Stanford finishing up his semester? And when is he anticipating to come and start practice? Well, I haven't heard anything new, Mountain Dog. Uh, I'm going to be on campus all weekend. I'll see if I can come up with anything. But I haven't heard anything new. I was always under the belief that K.J. Costello was, had to finish up all of his stuff at Stanford in the spring semester and would not enroll at Mississippi State until the summer. Therefore, he wouldn't go through any team activities until the summer. But, you know, Mountain Dog, I had Jay Perry on the show. I think it was last week. Jay is uh, the director of player development for Mississippi State. So he's a part of the off-field staff, works very closely with the head coach. And when I asked him that question about K.J. Costello, you know, <clears throat> I just kind of expected a very matter-of-the-fact, straightforward answer. Like, no, he's not here. He won't be here till June. But it was a little more vague than that. You know, it's kind of an open-ended answer, and it made me think, hmm, is there some loophole that they are researching? So are, are you hearing something? Yeah. Have you heard something that led you to believe that, no, no, I just, I just know how important it is to, for him to start working with the receivers. And, you know, in a short period of time, he's got to become acclimated to, number one, playing in the heat down here in the humidity. Yeah. But uh, he also needs to get in, in sync with his receivers, and, and I'm hoping that he gets here ASAP. Yeah, uh, well, you know, certainly him not being able to go through spring – that's not best-case scenario, that's for certain, uh, Mountain Dog. You'd prefer him to already be there. And, look, I've, I've said it before, it's not trying to chisel away at any expectations for State. It's just a fact of the matter. Look at it this way. If, if a fan or any of us have really, really high expectations for K.J. Costello and that offense together, then understand we are saying – that in three months, June, July, and August, three months exactly, 
we expect him to come in, learn the entire offense, master the entire offense, become a leader on the team, which means he's become one of the guys. Because to be a leader, you got to just be another one of the boys in the clubhouse. I mean, that's just the way it works. And we're expecting all of that to materialize and happen in 90 days. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, Matt, remember, he went to Stanford, man. I went to Benton Academy, so there's a big difference there. <laughs> we hope. We hope, Mountain Dog. Have a great weekend. Thank you. The academics are a little different, but, man, we got to get him on campus, buddy. That's right. We won't know until we get him there. Appreciate the call. Yep. Have a good weekend. weekend, You too. Thank you. On the country pleasing text line, Tyler says, Matt, it seems the cost of a ticket goes up every year to the Governor's Cup. Is there any type of regulation by the SEC on prices, or is it at the discretion of Trustmark Park and supply and demand? I believe it's the latter, Tyler. Because if you'll remember, the Governor's Cup game itself between State and Ole Miss does not count towards the SEC standings. It is technically not a Southeastern Conference game. Now, it works towards the overall standings. It works towards the RPI ranking and all of that, neutral site game. But it's not an SEC game, and it's not on one of the campuses. So I believe the ticket prices goes back, um, uh, or they go back to Trustmark Park and uh, the Mississippi Braves. And so supply and demand, here's the thing about it. Demand is high, right? Haven't they had sellouts for two, three straight years? I mean, it is a cool, cool event. And by the way, Tipicat to one of the major sponsors of that event, Country Pleasing Sausage and Country Meat Packers. Um a huge part of the Governor's Cup and the college series of games that they have there. Now, but again, I mean, if you're selling it out, 8,500, 9,000 people at this thing every year, they know right now they can charge what they want. They'll sell every ticket. doesn't matter. They can sell those. They can jack those tickets up double the price they sold them last year. Guess what? Still going to sell them. And they know that. So it's a good question. I think you answered your own question there. Bully Bill on the country pleasing text. When it gets to Houston and Dallas, it's time to worry. Every flight out of Memphis and Jackson goes there. I see. You know, these big, we're talking about the coronavirus, these big hubs of people, airports, malls, downtown metros, public transportation, sporting events. You know, you look at other parts of the world, they're playing their games without fans. Don't want you here. Not You cannot come here. That's why, because these big gatherings get people together. more people you cram in there, the greater chance somebody's going to spread something. But they say it's, it's not as bad as the flu, so why why are, why don't we close it down for flu season? Mm-hmm. That, that'd be most of the uh, uh, best part of football season. Mm-hmm. Roger, Is it, I got the flu now? last week. And I, there's no question I got it going to uh, baseball games that p- previous weekend at Mississippi State. I've had people look at me and say, Matt, we don't, we have stopped going to Mississippi State baseball and basketball games this time of year because there's so much flu there. 
what do they have? Over 200 and something cases of flu among students and stuff, all like at one time there a couple of three weeks ago. Woo. Yes. And I go there for a baseball game, come home with the flu. Well, these big classes. I mean, mm-hmm. everybody hanging out with everybody. And you know what? And they're like, please avoid. Living, pe- yeah. They're like, okay, we need you to avoid people and we need you to not shake hands and just kind of stay by yourself. As an introvert, I've been working, getting ready for this my whole life. I'm totally fine with all of it. I will stay right <laughs> here. Uh, Jason says. Jake's been trying to buy uh, uh, like beef jerky and survival stuff, and he, oh, he's frustrated because all the sites are sold out. Oh, who? Jake? Yeah, he's a prepper. Well, look, my wife. He's, he's, he's a proud prepper. She. <laughs> My wife kind of flipped out a little bit yesterday because it was on Facebook that in our hometown of Tupelo that all the hand sanitizer was sold out. You couldn't <laughs> get any more of that. Let's get some alcohol. Same thing. Uh, Jason says Seattle is a major hub from China and Japan. He said this isn't about immigration. All of the business folks from Asia fly in through Seattle, Tacoma, uh, the Seattle and Tacoma airport. And we do know that's where that thing kind of <clears throat> is coming from uh, MW247 I'm going to read your history text there and then we're going to flip it and come back and talk a little sports with you I got a little history since, since you want to go I went history you're giving me a history lesson we're going to have more history when we come back this would be a good alternative right here now yeah. to the to the don't stop, stop believing. believing I agree Roger good one stick around we'll be right back Listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. Back on the show. In the heat of the night, theme song, the very first episode ever of In the Heat of the Night, aired on this day, March the 6th, 1988. It won't be long. Carol O'Connor's best work. Yep. Had his son in there who later committed suicide. Really? Okay. It was a young deputy. The young deputy. Uh-huh. Okay. In the heat of the night. First one ever, Roger, on this day, 1988. I got a couple of others for you. Same day, March the 6th, 1992. So exactly four years later after the first heat of the night aired, the final one of these aired... Everybody got it? Anybody know? Last one ever. Give us a hint. Okay, um, let's see. Is it a game show? No, no. Sitcom. The dad was a Somebody doctor. The dad was a doctor who wore 
uh, brightly colored sweaters. Cosby? Cosby. Yep. Bop. I guess, I guess I just remember it seemed like it was more jazzy. Maybe that was the well, see, that towards was, the end. Where they that was, the one I just played was the original Cosby show. Okay. And you're right. They jazzed it up. See, the Cosby show was on from 84 to 92. Like I say, this day, 92, the final one aired. 84 to 92. And in there, in those eight seasons, there were several different iterations of their theme song. That was the first one. Yeah, so it was a little tricky. <clears throat> that was the original. Another one, on this day, March 6, 1986, the 100th episode of... Now, we've talked about this one on the show before. It's This had uh, two guys that were the stars, co-stars, one of them born and raised in... Collins, Mississippi. And he married one of the women who was a star on... Um, on uh, the, They were two brothers? Uh, they they played two brothers? I don't know if they were brothers on the show. Maybe they were. Yeah. He married... Uh, Gerald McCraney. Remember he married yeah. one of the designing women? The show was Simon and Simon. Yeah, so they were... Yeah, I guess. They had the same name, right? This is a great show. Gerald McCraney. That's him. Look him up. From Collins, is it Mississippi. Dixie, Delta Burke he married. Right? He, yeah, he married Delta Burke. Dixie Carter. I can't remember which one he was. Mm, no, he, I don't. I think he married Delta Burke. Lord have mercy. I'd have to look it up, Roger. There were several others here that I chose not to play songs from. Let's see. And on this day in 1981, Walter Cronkite appeared on his last episode of CBS Evening News with Walter Cronkite. He'd been on that job for... Delta Burke. Okay, it was Delta Burke? Okay, great. Yeah, it was Delta Burke. Cronkite was on the job CBS Evening News for 19 years. Holy cow. All right, so if he was on there for 19 years, his last one was 81... So you're telling me that he went all the way back into the 60s where he started with CBS. Well, most famous, uh, well, think about it, is the iconic coverage of the the uh, Kennedy assassination. Mm-hmm. That's right, yeah. Where he almost, you know, he kind of, you know, teared yeah. up there, which yeah. is, you know, unheard of on the news. Right. And then he had the uh, the whole space program. That's right. Uh, he was and there then, for a whole lot of history. Another one would be 1978. On this day in 78, the 100th episode of The Six Million Dollar Man aired. I, vague, I vaguely I remember it. As a kid, I loved that show, man. Did you really see it? I, I vaguely remember it. Six million I had the Six man. Million Dollar I didn't have a G.I. Joe, but I had, the, I had the Six Million Dollar Man. You did? He had a little telescope. You could look through the back of his head. <laughs> had a little, that's right. I forgot. His bionic eye. He had, that's exactly then, uh, right. Had, and on his arm, he had a little module you could peel the latex back and, you know, replace the bionic modules. Right. Or a red, uh, like a Converse jogging suit. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And he People looked, still collect those things. Oh, they're big-time collector's items, you know. 
And there's probably a million attics around America you could go digging through and find one if we wanted to, <laughs> uh, along with several baseball cards worth money. If if the rats and the squirrels haven't and gotten and a to whole them. lot that aren't worth anything, right? <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah. Boxes that aren't worth it's, anything. Uh, mining that gold out of that uh, pile of pay you got. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> it. The rest of it's just fire starter. Um, so I put out a feeler, Roger. Text me a suggestion for a replacement or an alternative to Don't Stop Believing at Mississippi State. Uh, on the country pleasing text line, we got a thunderstruck. You know, I mean that's that's a that's a song. Thunderstruck, yeah. I mean, yes, it is. Who sings that? Is that ACDC? I think it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Leon got it. Simon and Simon. He knew it right away. Ready Teddy says that his cousin. All right, Ready Teddy McCraney says that his cousin is Gerald McCraney and Simon and Simon. That guy is great now. And I mean, you know, he's big time. Just because he's from here doesn't mean that he would ever like do an interview. But man, I would love to interview him if he had time to just do a radio interview. You know, he played a real bad character in one of my favorite shows of all time, Longmire, Sheriff Longmire. McCraney was on that and he played a horrible person. But you know, it's just a character is all it is. The guy's a great actor. Simon and Simon married a designing woman. Sure did. Mm-hmm. Jason said on the country pleasing text, I'm pretty sure my first crush was the oldest daughter on the Cosby show. Drove some of my backwards family crazy. Lisa Bonet, I think, was the actress. Yes. And she absolutely, and Jason, listen. She was a first crush for a whole bunch of us. Okay? Jason, I bet you just loved that uh, that that snake movie that, that she was in. What was that one? I don't know. Something, snake moan, some, some kind of. I don't know, but oh, I. Oh yeah. But look, okay. So Denise, she was she played one of the Cosby daughters. Her name was Denise, and yes, many, many, many of us had crushes on Denise, and. She's now married to the big time actor who, uh, gosh, what's his, you know, big old muscle bound dude. He was the one that was in the Super Bowl commercial where, like, they did CG where he could take his muscles off once he got home. You know what I'm talking about? In the oh, that's great. That is great. You know that commercial? Yeah, I love it. And, uh, <sighs> what is the guy's name? He's super famous. He's played, uh, Jason Momoa. That's who it is, Jason. Where's he from? Well, I don't know where he's from. Yeah, well, that's not like Samoa, Samoa, Samoa. Hey, he's a bad dude now, and is a great actor, and it's just tailor made for some of these parts. Yeah, Jason Momoa. That's who she's married to now. Matt, uh, let's see. This is from Rusty Dog here. He says, Matt, did you talk about the JT Ginn text I sent you yesterday? Got busy and didn't get a chance to hear. Yes, we did talk. We've actually talked a lot, Rusty, about the JT Ginn situation and, um, you know, the, the fact that you, you, we can really speculate all around it. But that's really all it is as to whether he comes back and how serious and all. It's all speculation. We're just going to have to kind of wait and see. One thing we know for sure is he's not pitching for state this year. All right, we'll wrap it up with you next. There's a little thunderstruck for you. 
Is this a good alternative to Don't Stop Believing? Fourth quarter? Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. in the mood let's go to clay on the divinity equipment phone hey clay happy and friday that's what to i'm you. talking about the best walk-up song on a friday for me <laughs> absolutely that's the way to start it bring out george jones at the bottom <laughs> friday baby <laughs> yeah, that's hey, it. nobody 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 was in love with the co- oldest cosby daughter thundra was not the one that no. everybody was in love with it was denise Y'all said the oldest. I was just giving you a hard yeah, time. Yeah, I know. You know, she was know. married to Lenny Kravitz at one time. I didn't know she'd married. Uh, Man, and listen, she gets around. Okay, look, she was married to Lenny Kravitz. Bully, oh, uh, Bully Bill texted me on the country pleasing text and said that she was also Prince's girlfriend at one time. You know, hey, she could have been my girlfriend back in the look. Late days, if you're the prettiest I mean, in that time frame, we got to remember. Let's go back in the time machine, right? Late eighties, early nineties. If you're the prettiest. Cosby daughter. I mean, you are a huge star. You can date anybody you want to. Oh my gosh! Yeah, you could date me twice. But anyway, <laughs> so hey, I got to tell you how karma works for people. So yeah, I grew up in Bruce, Mississippi. That's my homeland. Yeah. Uh nobody wants to go to Bruce, Mississippi. By the way, nobody. You've been there, Matt. I have. I don't mind it one bit. Bruce Trojans. The Bruce Trojans. That's right. I yep. went to Calhoun Academy. But anyway. My, my family owned the Big Star there, Bruce, and then uh, we owned the Chevron station on the corner right there off the 9 where you turn go right to go to the square, uh-huh. turn another way to go to Caulfield. But anyway, so my son... Oh, right where that is. is uh, yeah, my, my son is a huge... Let me tell you real quick. When I was a kid, Jerry Inman up there used to race. He used to go to uh, North Carolina and do all the test driving for Petty and a bunch of used race car driver up there. I mean, as a kid, I had no idea. I mean, huh. now it's... I've been to races and been in the pits. Richard Petty used to come sit in the service station and eat a Snickers bar <laughs> with a Coke with peanuts in it. And I was a kid. He was just a race car driver when I was wow. a kid. Wow. be there all the time. And my dad and them knew him. My dad inspected his, he's a inspector of airplanes. Yeah. He inspects his airplanes still today. And I mean, they, they're all still friends, but I, mean, oh, I don't get to hang out with them or anything. But anyway, long story short, how karma works on a, my son, you know, he's that rabbit. 27, 28-year-old guy that he is pro Mississippi State, can't stand anything Ole Miss in Oxford. Mm. Yeah, he had a 9 o'clock interview at Warehouser Bruce today, and he goes, oh, my God, I'm driving to Oxford. I may have to actually buy a house in Oxford. <laughs> I said, thank God. It may calm your craziness down yeah. against them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, karma works in funny ways. But, yeah, <laughs> Cosby girls, I was going to tell you about uh, okay. nobody likes on <laughs> Okay, get out of the way. We need Denise back home. <laughs> hey, and, and listen, right, so um, 
I guess uh, the little, the one who was the little child on the show, Olivia, right? She's the only one still working. She's now. Um, no, uh, is that is that that's the one that was on the Disney show? Was yeah, that, she still is on the Disney um, shows. Raven. Raven Simone, yeah. Yeah. So my wife's cousin, my wife's cousin had a son. He was on Ant Farm, and he did some work with Raven. Simone back in the day. Really? But uh oh Jake Short. How about yeah. that? Clay? But, yeah. That's really I interesting. I man. didn't know Raven. I didn't know Raven still worked, but I don't have this. I mean, I want you to just hold on a second and let's just I wanna I wanna cover and, and consume the span of this phone call. You have not only in one phone call, you've been hanging out at the gas station in Bruce with Richard Petty. As well as no idea one degree, <laughs> one degree of separation from Raven Simone in one phone call. <laughs> never, never, never met Raven Simone. But he was Jake Short was on that farm. It's my okay. wife's first cousin's son. Okay, and he, he worked with her a little bit. Hey, I tell you this, I give you one more. Here, here's a good thing. I'm sitting there. He he does acting out in New York. We're sitting watching uh, Dexter one night, uh-huh. and I sit up in the bed and I go, "Oh my gosh, Amy, look." And she goes, what? I said, it's Jake. He's on Dexter. We had no idea. We talked to his mom, Kim. But, was he the and, body? Uh, <laughs> well, he was the kid that, uh, oh, my gosh, Lithgow, John Lithgow was the was the killer in that little uh, three or four series run. Yeah. He was the kid that Lithgow had abducted. He later killed him, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Later. Later, <laughs> later on. How about that? Clay, right. I appreciate the call. Thank you. You know, it was uh, with Lisa Bonet, it was the movie was Black Snake moan and it was very provocative because her husband went off to war and she became very um oh uh, active oh and so anyway it was a very risque portrayal and very scantily clad and she supposedly got in trouble with bill cosby oh really for, yeah, yeah for, because she wouldn't come up to his wait so it was no no <laughs> <laughs> so it was during uh, the cosby yeah, show. he thought it was uh, affecting the franchise yeah mm. negatively he was all family values well, he worried about the franchise. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. We got it covered. I think we have it covered. We have, we have covered the uh, Cosby's. Uh, two things real quick that involve fast food. Now, many of you will consume fast food today, this weekend. First up, you never know when it could pay off actually owning a fast food restaurant. Augusta National Golf Club is buying up local properties. First it was a church, then some homes. And now they have bought a Wendy's right across the street for $3.4 million. Now, I'm reading through this at golf.com. Okay. They've made lots of homeowners around the golf course who just happen to own a home. They've made a millionaire. You can read a lot about that. They're going through, they're buying up all kinds of stuff around that golf course. Already $200 million spent just acquiring land around Augusta National in the last 20 years. The latest, the Wendy's. It runs up against a field right next to it off of Berkman's Road that is used by the club for tournament parking. It's right next to I know exactly where it is. My wife and I, 2017, I guess, when we went to the Masters, were there for Saturday, Sunday. We saw Patrick Reed win. I think it was 2017. 
We went to that Wendy's, pulled through there at some point. Anyway, it pays to own something adjacent to Augusta National Golf Club. Because according to these prices, they just come in here and just pay whatever. What do you want for it? I don't know. You think of some outrageous price. They're like, so there you go. Here, we'll write you a check. They bought a Wendy's. Now, the next fast food story that I want to make you aware of, you know the name Joey Chestnut? He took a break from eating hot dogs to set a world record eating Big Macs. Chestnut ate 32 Big Macs, 32 of them in one sitting on February the 12th. He released a video of it yesterday, 32 double patty hamburgers in just over 38 minutes. Today's my cheat day, and I'm going to do something I've always wanted to do. I'm going to try to break the Big Mac record, and I, uh, I'm going to use Uber Eats. All right, he. this is the video. He got on his phone, Roger, on Uber Eats, and they allowed him to order 32 Big Macs and have them delivered to his house. The record right now, as far as I know, is 30. Uh, some awesome eaters have done like 25 or 26. I know Matt Stoney years ago did 25, but he's capable of more. So uh, I'm going for 32. And uh, yeah, it was, it was quite an Uber Eats order. The same thing over and over again, whether it's uh, I, when I grab the burger, I. I Shake off the lettuce and I stack, stack the uh, stack the box. I just like to do the same thing over and over again. I'm still amazed at how good the Big Mac still tasted. It, it's it's so much easier to eat a food that you're familiar with. Oh yeah. Oh my God, that was like 30, 38 minutes, 15 seconds. I watched the video, Roger. He's like sweating. You wouldn't believe how big. When you stack up 32 Big Macs in the little boxes they come in, how big a stack of food that is. And he's Man. he's washing it down with water. And by the time he got to the end, his belly's sticking out. He's like sweating. It's gross. Can't be good for you. Can't be. 18,000 calories. On the other hand, he won't need to be embalmed. Roger. 18,000 calories. That literally, on this diet that I'm on and I'm losing weight, that is nine days worth of calorie allotment for me. And he did it in 38 minutes. 32 Big Macs. What if you, I don't know if you feel sick afterward. How you long? have to. You, and I mean, it made me sick looking at him. He's all pale and sweating. <laughs> Gross. Bully Bill says... That's about as bad as eating the whole thing of that sausage. He said, hey... <laughs> oh, that's right. I know. He says, something just occurred to me. He said, I'm pretty sure I'm done eating in public with this coronavirus madness. You know, I, hey, look. Let it go a little farther, Roger. And you don't think there will be an economic impact for a lot of I people? yeah. Oh, there already is. Yeah. I mean, two or $3 trillion already out of the economy over mm -hmm. in China. Right. Okay. Wraps up the week. Y'all enjoy baseball, basketball of different sorts this weekend. We'll do it all again on Monday, and I will see you there. Same time, same place in the Farm Bureau studio. See you then. See ya. You've been listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.